We read from Scripture from the book of Joshua, chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. And take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them into the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. For the priests which bear the Ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And then from this verse to the end is the text we consider tonight. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. 
And those 12 stones, which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. So far we read from the, from the Holy Scriptures tonight. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we consider tonight a memorial that was set up at the command of God. So it wasn't simply that it was the ideas of one of the Israelites that said, hey, let's set up a memorial here. But this was at the command of God that they set up this memorial that was to be used to, to bring to remembrance the wondrous work of God that is set forth here. A memorial. Something that when we, one sees the memorial, then they're directed to remember. It brings to one's remembrance something that has been done. And many times men set up their own memorials. Man wants his name to be remembered. We see so much emphasis on that, that man wants his name to be remembered. And in his younger years, he may be striving to make a name for himself and getting glory and, and honor. And then as he gets older, he may be, his thoughts may turn more so on how his name will be continued to be remembered, how what he has done will be remembered later. the various memorials to bring to attention the, the works of man. God has given us some memorials that would direct us to his works. And he would direct our children to his works. And that is something we've talked about this before. This, this subject comes up in other passages, too, where there's references to a memorial and there's reference to the children. That children would see the visible memorial and they would ask, what does this mean? Or it's different like the feasts in the Old Testament as they would you gather for the Passover feast and so on and the various instructions about what was to happen at the time of the Passover. And as children, this was different. What was going on at the time of the Passover was different. And children wonder, why are we, why are we doing this? And then instruction would be given about the works of God. And, you know, still today, we see how not only do we have signs today, symbols today in the new dispensation, but also we have a record in Scripture of what God has done. And as we read it, we talk together about God's wondrous works. And it is important that our minds be directed to God's wondrous work. You know, it's not only when you see a memorial that man sets up to bring some, something that somebody has done to remembrance, but
but also men are always talking about their works. And they would have us stand in awe of what they've done, what they've accomplished. The stars of the world, what they've done, and all sorts, of, all sorts of talk and keeping record of what they have done and how this person is better than what others have done. And so much to direct our attention. And we can get, and our children can get caught up in that too, and just constantly wondering about and looking into what men have done. Where God would direct us to consider what he has done, his mighty works, and to talk about those works to our children. In this event that we read of, there was, on the one hand, there was the, the sign in the sense of the, memor- the, the, the wonder of the crossing of the Jordan. So you have that sign that there was this wonder, the crossing of the Jordan and what took place as is recorded here, that wonder was a sign. Something that was seen for a time that was visible and was directing the people's attentions to the wonderful works of their God. And then also there was this memorial that was set up at Gilgal. And that is referred to in verse 7. And it says, And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So there was the wonder as well as the memorial. Today we talk specifically about this memorial and how it was the special God makes reference to the instruction of the children and also how news about this would spread to the nations, to the people of the earth. The last verse that we consider tonight says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. And there we have brought to us that we're to look at this, consider this history, consider the mighty hand of our God and what he has done for us, and we are to fear him. We're to revere our God and love him and follow our Savior to the honor of the name of our covenant-keeping God. We consider this passage under the theme the memorial at Gilgal we consider first of all the waters dried the event that it was to bring to remembrance and that they were to talk about secondly the stone set the the idea the whole idea of a memorial and then thirdly the news heard as it is referred to in the last verse of the chapter the memorial at Gilgal With regard to the wonder itself, that we are told that at this time that Jordan, the Jordan River was overflowing all of its banks, was overflowing its banks, and so it definitely was a barrier as far as the people with their animals, so on being able to get across the Jordan River. Similar to what happened before and at the Red Sea, when they came out of Egypt, that then they come to the Red Sea and they have this barrier. And of course, at that time, they also had the Egyptians coming after them. So they see the Egyptians coming after them, and then they've got this Red Sea for the barrier. Well, here, it's the case that they have this Jordan River as a barrier. How are they going to cross it? And God gave instruction as to what was to happen. And they were to follow the ark the Ark of the Covenant that would bring, that is to direct us to consider the covenant. 
that the one who's going before us is our Lord who has made his covenant with us, his everlasting covenant with us. The Ark of the Covenant was to go before the people, and the people were to follow at a distance. And at a distance, they, would, they, were, they were at a distance where this, this rather large group of people would be able to see that as that they'd be able to see where the, the priests with the ark were and how they as they entered in as they as the priests put their feet in the water, the priests who were holding the ark, that then the water went back. That the rather we're told that the water stood upon a heap. And it was near a place that was called Adam, which was a number of miles away. I've, I've read eight or nine or 15 miles. Don't know exactly how many miles away it was, but it was, an, it was a number of miles away that it was standing up as a heap. And so this, since this is a river, you know, where, there's a, where there, it's flowing from north to south, the water's coming from the north, were standing up on a heap, and the ones that were coming down can, would have continued to, to go where, you know, we're, we're going down to the south, and now there was this barrier, or now there was this way, rather, this way, this path to go through what had been a barrier. Now there was a way. And they went through, and the waters were dried, is the language that was used. The Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you, is the way it's referred to in verse 23. As far as what this wonder indicated, in verse 10 of chapter 3, we read chapter 3 not that long ago. In chapter in chapter 3 verse 10 we're told that this sign was to point to the fact that Jehovah God the almighty God was with them certainly that would be very evident for something like this to happen it was very evident that the almighty God was with you and it says in verse 10, hereby ye shall know that the living God, the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and so on. That as they went, as they crossed this river, one thing that would be different than when they left the Egyptians, when they left the Egyptians, they had the Egyptians coming after them. And then as they, as they, the Lord opens up the way and they go through the Red Sea and the Red Sea comes upon the Egyptians, they see how God delivered them from those that were coming after them. They were delivered from bondage. Now they're going, they're the ones going in. And as they go in, they're going to be fighting against the people in the land. Instead of having people chasing them from behind, they're the ones going into the land. And there are people that live there. And God assures them, the living God is among you. He will, without fail, drive out before you the Canaanites and so on. Do not fear. The God who has created all things, your God is with you, as it was so evident when there was the way open in the Jordan River. We sing about this in Psalm 114. It says, the sea saw it and fled. The ark goes before. Now, the priest who goes before it, holding the ark, and that ark with its top 
the mercy seat, the mercy seat that was on the ark, and on that mercy seat is sprinkled blood. And that is to remind us of the fact that we enter by the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. By his blood we enter. God assures us, as he did the Israelites, that our Lord, our God, who has made his covenant with us, is with us. He led us out of bondage, and he leads us into the rest. The fact that this passage makes a connection between coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land. And when they were to instruct the children about the stones, why these stones, they were to talk about not only the going into the promised land, but connect it with the coming out of Egypt. God assures us that he's with us, that Christ has suffered and died for us. Repeatedly, the scriptures are constantly directing our attention to Christ's perfect sacrifice. He frees us from bondage. He delivers us from our foes. He protects us. Our Lord went before us to prepare a place for us. We're reminded of the instruction our Lord gave soon before his his death. I go to prepare a place for you. He goes before us to prepare a place for us. And he will take us up to be with him where he is. For when we look at this history about going into the promised land, entering into the rest, the scriptures, like in the book of Hebrews, it talks about going into the promised land as entering into Jehovah's rest. Well, even now, when we, in our Lord's Day on the fourth commandment about the Sabbath rest, we say even now, We enjoy the beginning of that rest. We also look forward. You know, we have peace with God. We rest. We're to cease from our evil works and yield ourselves to the Lord to work by his spirit in us. And thus begin in this life the everlasting Sabbath, the everlasting rest. But also our mind is directed to what happens when we die. So that when we see the the Israelites going into the promised land, we also have our mind directed to what happens to us when we die. Christ has gone to prepare a place for us. Him who suffered and died in our place, he takes us to be with him. The joy, the peace we have with our Lord, the rest. And then also, when we are talking about entering the land, God has promised that we will one day inherit the earth. So that for a time the Israelites dwelt in this land called the promised land, God has promised us the land. The whole earth, the meek shall inherit the earth. We understand that's not in this life, but that after, like we considered this morning, after Christ comes and there's the final judgment, and then Christ, we read of, you know, Christ talking to us, come inherit the kingdom prepared for you. 
prepared from you before the foundation of the world, inherited as a gift. And in this life, there's, there's battles. In this life, there are enemies that come at us. There were, Israel, there were Canaanites, rather, that would come against Israel. Well, we have a, an ongoing fought battle with sin and Satan and with this ungodly world. Christ, who died for us, is also working in us to deliver us from our foes. And God assures us he is with us. He will guide us in this battle, and we're not to be afraid. Even when times when it may seem scary. Oh, it's good to try to put ourselves in the situation of what it would be like to be an Israelite at this time. Again, looking at the difference, they come out of the Red Sea and these people are coming after them and then those people are destroyed. And they're so happy that they've been freed. But now they're the ones coming in and they're going to have to fight and there's going to be people coming against them how is this all going to go? And God says, don't fear. I have given you the land. As we consider how that was repeatedly said to Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. And how it was important to continue to hear that. Don't be afraid. The tendency to look at those that are opposing you and having your mind on those that are opposing you and the size of their army, the size of their men. And God would direct his people again and again to consider the works of God, consider who it is that's among you. And for them to say, for them to bring up perhaps to one another in the battles, remember that the one who's, in, who's with us is the one who opened up the Red Sea and who and gave us that path through the Jordan. He's with us. We know he's with us. We're not to be afraid. We're to go forward by faith, believing what God has told us. And so they went across on the 10th day of the first month. That was, interestingly, the tenth day of the first month was the same day that the lamb had been set apart some 40 years ago. That at the Passover they would set apart that lamb that would be the Passover that would be sacrificed. That was on the tenth day of the month. And now some 40 years later on the tenth day of the month they go over the Jordan. And they were to set up these stones. There's a memorial that was to be set up at Gilgal. There were 12 stones. And it specifically says that the men were to put it on their shoulder. Every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That's verse 5. 12 men. There were 12 tribes. Now, granted, it was the case that two and a half tribes, they were going to return back to the east side of the Jordan. This memorial was going to be set up on the west side of the Jordan. As they were crossing the Jordan from east to west, the memorial at Gilgal, there's another we're going to talk about the other memorial that was set up, but there was a memorial at Gilgal that was set up on the west side. And that memorial was to have 12 stones, bringing out the unity of the body of Christ. It was the case that the two and a half tribes, which are mentioned, Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh, were going to be you know, having their land on the east side of the Jordan, but they had their men 
that went across with the other tribes and were going to fight, and only afterwards would they come back to that land. Twelve stones. In Gilgal now, that is the place they were going to lodge, and there's actually more instruction on that later. In fact, it appears there are sometimes where in one location a place is named what it would one day later be named because we're told they're going to lodge in Gilgal. Well, actually later in chapter 5, we read of the place being called Gilgal. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt off you, wherefore the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. And we'll talk about that, Lord willing, when we get there. But that's what the place was going to be called, and so it's referred to here as being set up at, at Gilgal. They were to take the stones from the place where the priest's feet had stood. Now, the priest's feet stood on the east side of the Jordan. So it was on the east side of the Jordan that when the priests put their feet in the water, that then there was this, this division of the waters. And where those priests were standing... These 12 men were to take stones from that location and then bring them over to the place where they were going to lodge and they were going to set them up there. We also read that Joshua had stones placed in the place where those priests had had their feet. So there were stones from this place that were taken and set up over here at Gilgal and there were 12 other stones that were put in the place here. And that's the one that is said to have been there to this day. In verse 9, it says, And they are there unto this day. Now that indicates at the time that the writer of Joshua wrote, they were still there. We remember that the Jordan was overflowing its banks at the time. And while it's overflowing its banks, this would have been set up right at the, at the border of where the water was at the time that it was overflowing its banks. And so apparently the, water, the rock stayed there for some time. So that you could see these 12 stones on the east side. And then there were also the 12 stones in Gilgal that were set up. And we're talking specifically about, about that one, the one that was set up the 12 stones in, in Gilgal. And when man sets up a memorial, he tries to do something that's going to be, bring attention to him and to his abilities. This memorial that was to set forth, bring to remembrance the work of God was simply 12 stones. It simply says they took these stones and they set them up, however they set them up. They took these stones and set them up, and then there was to be a remembrance of what God has done, a memorial. These stones were a memorial. As was mentioned, in the, there's references to the Old Testament feasts that were memorials. With, a same, with also, we also find references to talking to the children about it, as was mentioned. God's name, God's name is said to be an, a memorial. We read of that in Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, when it speaks about the name Jehovah. I am that I am. And in that passage there, we read that God said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, Jehovah God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial 
unto all generations who would hear about the name Jehovah and who would remember that Jehovah is the eternal God, the covenant-keeping God, the I am that I am. Today we have, well, on the one hand, we have the, the sacraments. The sacraments are to bring to our remembrance the wonderful works of God. And when we explain them, we talk about what God does. When we have baptism, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talk about what the Father does. We talk about what God the Son, and we talk about God the Holy Spirit. We talk about what God does, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we have the Lord's Supper, our mind is directed to what Christ has done that he died for us, that we might be assured that he died for us, and also what he is doing within us. Both of those ideas, as we break the bread, as we partake of the cup, our mind is directed to Christ's sacrifice, what he has done for us, and what, how he is nourishing us, what he is, do, what he is doing within us. So those sacraments... The Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me. That idea of a memorial is to bring to our remembrance what God has done. In fact, the scriptures, the scriptures themselves bring to our remembrance what God has done. And we have a reference to that in Exodus 17, verse 14, where the Lord told Moses this, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Write this in a book. Write this for a memorial in a book. And we have the scriptures, including the Psalms, which speak about God's works. That's one thing we mention about singing the Psalms. Singing the Psalms keeps bringing to our remembrance God's wondrous works. We're constantly singing about his works in detail. There's much detail in the, in the Psalms. It also talks about our own struggles, we talk about, our sorrows, our struggles, and we talk about how God comforts us and delivers us. Our mind is directed to God's works, and we are praising. We mention these things while we are praising praising him who is faithful. And we are to re read and remember the wonderful works of God and talk about them with our children, which is specifically mentioned here. And we notice it was mentioned more than once. God made a reference to the children asking about these. And then you read a little bit more, and then there's, he comes back to that subject about the children asking about these and about giving instruction to the children. Now, we can't see these stones, but we can read about them. And we can talk about why they were set up and what God did 
And that directs us to the subject of God's covenant. What is God's covenant? The Ark of the Covenant. What is the covenant? And to talk with our children about the covenant. And about what, what he has done for us. And how the children are included. You children are included in the covenant. And when you children read the word, and as you get older and are able to read the word, and are reading about these works, the Spirit works in you to remember the wonderful works of God. The first time, you might read a story for the first time that you never knew. Never knew about that story before. The first time you've heard it. And then there's other times where you go back to that story many, maybe many times and you're still learning as you go back to that story. How often God's people have said things like, I may have gone through this story 20, 30 times. I've never seen this. But God guided me to understand it and see it today. I didn't see it before. Maybe reading somebody that's explaining it. Or maybe seeing a connection you didn't notice before. Maybe hearing a brother or sister bring up a point and you look at it and say, I never saw that. But that's true. And our minds together, young and old, are being directed to what God has done. We're to talk about these things together. Parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren. And that's good for grandparents to remember, too. We enjoy having time with our grandchildren. It's a very joyful time to be with the grandchildren. And as we do various things that are enjoyable, to, that we enjoy being able to do and have time of fellowship with grandchildren, it's still, it is good to remember, too, to make some use of time to talk about the works of God. What God has done. What's God done also in your own life? To talk about his faithfulness. And to remember what God has done for his people in the past. We also refer to our creeds as symbols. And although we differentiate our creeds from the scriptures, the creeds are not infallible. We don't say that. But we do point out how God led his church to understand the things that we have there during times often of controversy. And you children learn these things more as you grow older and as you get into the Wednesday night classes. And many of you young people know this, that is especially a time of controversy that a number of confessions were written. Well, during that time of difficulty, God guided his church to understand the doctrines that they then worked on together and have set forth in our confessions. And we look at those confessions together and talk about them and learn from them. We learn from the stories that we read in the scriptures and we read the summary that we have of what scripture teaches in our confessions and together we're to talk about the wonderful works of our God and we're to fear him fear him in the sense of reverence and love Soon, the Jordan would go back, quickly went back to what it was like before. 
but the news about what would happen would spread. There was a brief period of time when the Israelites went through that on that dry path and that the water was way up there to the north, standing up as a heap. And there's this dry land and they're walking through this river. But then as they all get across and as the priests holding the ark get across and then when the waters come back down, Well, it looks like it did before. And to anybody that didn't see it, that would come up and you'd say, this, this just, you, you missed it. You see what just happened. News would spread. There were many that did not see it. As we're among those that didn't see it. But who would hear about it? The news would spread that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. News has spread throughout. You know, it's just, just, the news of God bringing Israel out of Egypt, that they were in Egypt, they were in bondage, they were brought out of bondage and they were brought into the promised land news of that has spread God brought them in and put them in this land where the Canaanites had been and those that are familiar at all with the scriptures have heard about this event and certainly news at the time of Joshua this news was to spread The Israelites, have you heard that the Israelites are on the east side of the Jordan? Or the west side, rather, the west side of the Jordan. They had been on the east, now they're on the west side. For the Canaanites to say, they're on our side of the Jordan now. How did they get over with all those people? How did they get over? And for anybody that knew to tell them the news, this is how they got over. And if anybody had heard, like Rahab said they had heard, we heard how you what happened to the Egyptians. And for people to hear that, that the same God that had brought them out of Egypt was with Israel. And now he had the, the, he, they had come across the Jordan. And, the, and God had given them the land. As Rahab said, I know that your God has given you the land. people would hear that all the people might know the hand of the Lord that it's mighty that Jehovah's hand is a mighty hand our God the God whom we serve has a mighty hand our Father Our Father which is in heaven has a mighty hand. He's the one that protects us. He's the one that guides us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the divine and human mediator, preserves us. We are safe in the midst of the foes. Many people would hear the news. God's people would fear him with the the fear of reverence and love. Notice it says that all the people of the earth might know that ye might fear. That ye might fear. That we might show reverence to our Father, reverence to our God, whom we love. That we show reverence to him. And that when we hear his word, we say, this is our God speaking. 
We must hear what he says. And when people would persuade us to deviate from his commandments, that we would remember what our Lord has commanded us, what he's promised us, and what he has commanded us. And that we would willingly and cheerfully follow him with love and delight. That we may show the gratitude that we have to our God. You know that your God is with you. You know that Christ has redeemed you. You know that you're not your own. May we together follow our Lord. And may we not fear, no matter what the situation may be, may we not fear. Our Lord will defend us. Our Lord, who has sent his Son to die for us, will certainly give us all that we need. And may we together encourage one another, even as Israel was going in as a body, 12 stones, the 12 tribes, may we together endeavor to keep the unity, and may we together encourage one another, following our Lord, praising his name. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, O Lord, our Father, we are thankful for thy wondrous works. We are so thankful for our salvation. And as those who know we've been saved by thy grace and who also know in this life there will be battle, Lord, strengthen us that we may not fear and that we may trust that the same God that delivered our fathers in the past is with us and that thou wilt guide and defend us. We know this is true. Continue to direct us to thy works and may we and our children and grandchildren together talk about thy wondrous works. We are so thankful that thou hast given us thy word of truth. Forgive our sins, Lord, and deliver us from evil. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.